0: Welcome to episode 450 of Troubadours and rock Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a very special treat. Our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavise, will be speaking with us about the great Stephen Sondheim. We will delve into the relationship between Sondheim and Oscar Hammerstein. Dr. Pavis will share a short history of American musical theater. We discuss Sondheim's tendency to create a psychological depth for his characters and how a common theme is people trying to figure themselves out in his work and how Mr. Sondheim was open to changes right up to his death just a few weeks ago in his 90s and how he was generous with his time a grand conversation with our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, on the great Stephen Sondheim. We have an EW essay titled, A Thrill, and Dr. Pavice reads, as recommended by Stephen Sondheim, a love letter to a playwright by Phyllis McKinley. And we have an EW poem called, The Loot. All of this, of course, will be surrounded, imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes, all Sondheim tunes, all chosen by our associate producer and his son, Nick, for this program. So let's get to it. Episode 450 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours.
1: daddy <laughs> Don't feel nervous. <laughs>
2: Do it. Show me something I can own. It's gonna hurt
0: thrill. The weather outside is frightful, yet the sharks and jets are delightful. Let it snow, let it snow, on with the show. Not Sondheim for sure, but I am E.W. conundrum demure. The American Songbook Cross-Pollinating with Broadway Theater is a speed for her that fits just so as we do do around the small wooden kitchen table in between work tv and stockpiling the bills like that song from journey everyone wants a thrill and some frills too he was raised in manhattan and what a mighty fine man he so happened to become, could have ended up another bum roaming the streets on the Bowery in Hell's Kitchen, an aimless artistic soul. Any one of us has that sort of chance, but not him. But for Oscar to start the boy with ways to cultivate his talent and joy, He might have ended up a handsy regular at small smoky cabaret shows waiting in the back for some physical contact and a plastic bag of tinted yellow God's Country Smack held tightly together with a used cracking doubled up rubber band, though not him, not this man. Instead, he wrote many stories in song, and embraced humanity, loving and strong, surely resonating for generations in our country's heart and head. Adieu to you from us, presumptuous, on behalf of the unsuspecting throng.
2: Here's to us!
3: Who's like us? Damn few. Hey, old friend, are you okay? Old friend, what do you say? Old friend, are we or are we unique? Time? goes by. Everything else keeps changing. You and I, we get continued next week. Most friends fade or they don't make the grade. New ones are quickly made and in a pinch, sure they'll do. But us, old friend, what's to discuss, old friend? Here's to us, who's like us,
4: damn few. So, old friend, fill me in slow. Old friend, start from hello. Old friend, I want the when, where, and how. Old friends do tend to be Missed you till now.
3: Most friends fade, or they don't make the grade. New ones are quickly made. Some of them worth something too. But us old friends, what's to discuss? Old friends, tell you something. Good friends point out your lies, whereas old friends live and let live.
2: Good friends like and advise, whereas old friends love and forgive.
3: And old friends let you go your own way, help you find
4: your own way. Let
2: you off when you're wrong, if you're wrong, when you're
4: wrong, right or
2: wrong, the point is all.
3: For too long. What's too
2: long if you're wrong. Nothing is old friends do leave their brands on you, but old friends.
5: Old
3: friends, don't make demands on you. Should make demands on you. Well, don't make demands you can't meet. Well, what's the point of demands you can meet?
2: Well, there's a time for demands, whether you meet them oh, or no. not. You invite on right the first to Hey,
3: old friends, how do we stay? Old friends, who is to say? Old friends, how an old friendship survive? of your lives. New friends pour through the revolving door. Maybe there's one that's more, if you find one that'll do. But us old friends, what's to discuss, old friends? Here's to us who's like us. Two old friends, fewer won't do. Two old friends helping a balance along One upgrades you for your faults and fancies One persuades you that the other one's wrong Most friends fade or they don't make the grade New ones are quickly made perfect as long as they're new But us old friends wants to do? discuss Friends, here's to us who's like
6: us,
4: damn few.
0: Hello. Hello, is, is this Doctor Michael Pavis?
6: It is.
0: It is. That's uh, E W. It is E W. Conundrum. I am so happy to have you participate uh, in a conversation with us on our show, Michael. I mean, Michael's our associate producer for years here on Troubadours and Rock Entours. I'm sure you've heard. His voice with um, some of the uh, essays he's written and read and uh, plays as well. Uh, He he is here today to talk with us about a particular subject, um, Stephen Sondheim. and um, Michael is an essayist, a playwright, a professor, a middle school literature teacher, writing teacher, among other things. And again, our associate producer, it's so nice to be able to talk with you. Um, so you wanted to talk about the contributions to uh, the artistic culture in Western civilization of Stephen Sondheim versus Drake, I think it was, or was it, or Katy Perry? I'm not sure. I, it,
5: it might have or Taylor Swift. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a major Swifty. Yeah. I am. Uh, in, it, in addition to being, you know, a Sondheim,
0: that's uh, uh, Swifty. Yes, well, uh, Swifty sounds uh, about right. <laughs>
5: <laughs> My kids are big. Uh, so what's and there's and there's a, a two degree, oh, it's a two degree separation between Taylor Swift and Sondheim because she was dating Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, there's a a song that he that she wrote about the breakup, and there's a video, like a six minute video about it and jake gyllenhaal played george in sunday in the park with george
0: ah, yeah. how'd he
5: do so, uh, he was terrific yeah, yeah. he was terrific and uh and uh, uh the, the finishing the hat uh, his his version is very good of, of finishing that it's ex- excellent yeah he was he was terrific but thanks for having me on the show
0: oh well you're part of the show it's nice to have you in this capacity. Yeah. Um and uh, I know there are, there are several different directions you'd like to go to. Uh, I mean, pretty much you've pro- you've produced this whole this whole episode uh, in terms of the music that we're going to hear uh, throughout and and uh, really really what we're going to talk about. So I uh, you know thank you and it's important it's important to talk about Stephen Sondheim I think because um. He is one of the greats, isn't he? I mean, where, where does he come from, first of all? where Where is he out of? Is he, like, from Idaho? Or is he from oh, Louisiana? He,
5: no, no. He's a classic New Yorker, Upper, upper West Side. Uh, yeah, or where's the East Side? Uh, upper East Side New Yorker, I think. And his, and his father, his father's a manufacturer. Uh, and uh, now he grew up in pretty uh, uh, affluent conditions. And... Uh, so he's a classic New Yorker. And then um, if I, you know, uh, do you want me to give you a little of his background? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those, for all those Sondheim fans out there listening, you're, you're going to know this and probably correct me in, uh, the Facebook, <laughs> uh, groups we have, uh, you'll be canceled. <laughs> I know. I know, I couldn't live without the, Couldn't live without finishing the hat. Good thing going. Uh, but so he, he was raised in New York, and but his mother, uh, who we had a very, very tense and strange and sad relationship with, uh, divorced his father when he was ten, and they had a house in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Oh wow! And and uh, his mother was kind of a celebrity hunter. So Oscar Hammerstein was was lived like three miles away, and she he had a son who was uh, roughly Sondheim's age. So through his mother, he had the connection with Oscar Hammerstein, and he became part of the family basically. Oscar Hammerstein became his mentor and his teacher, and sort of like a second father.
0: Well, for those who don't know, the whole uh, world of of. Of uh, the American <laughs> yeah. Songbook of Broadway, right. who is Oscar Hammerstein? Excellent question,
5: EW. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, Oscar Hammerstein was half of Rodgers and Hammerstein, who wrote uh, Oklahoma and Carousel and The Sound of Music and The King and I. So he was a major for any, and he had been writing lyrics since the twenties. He wrote. He wrote uh, Showboat uh, with Jerome Kern, uh, so he was. This would be in the '40s when Hammerstein was working with Richard Rogers and creating these great musicals. So he was a master lyricist and book writer. So for, for and Sondheim, for Sondheim to meet him, you know, uh, is well, I don't want to use the word miracle, but it's an amazing coincidence. You know. And he and he and he said he said repeatedly that he wanted to be a songwriter because Oscar was, and that if Oscar was a geologist, he probably would
0: have become a geologist. And so, so was he like a father figure?
5: Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he
0: uh, and he
5: would he would say in interviews that basically uh, Oscar saved his life you know, because of he had such a bad relationship with his mother and he was very unhappy. Uh, Unhappy child, and uh, so Oscar taught him songwriting, and he was naturally gifted musician and composer and uh, and songwriter. And so uh, one day he uh, he wrote a musical, and he thought Sondheim wrote a musical. And he thought it was great, and he was like fifteen or sixteen, I think, something like that. And he wrote it to and he brought it to Oscar and said, "Tell me what you think about it." And Oscar said, Well, do you want me to, you know, be honest and, you know, actually have an effect? And he said, Yep. And he said, Well, it's the worst thing I've ever read. <laughs> wow. and, and, but what he did that afternoon, he took him through and explained everything about the show and what he could have done and what he should have done and what was wrong with it. And Sondheim said he learned more in three hours with Oscar than he's had, you know, the rest of his life about songwriting. Wow. And, and then, uh, Oscar gave him uh, some work to do. he said you want to you want to become you know uh, a songwriter you want to write musicals." So he gave him, I think four things to write he, he He told him to adapt a show that was good in terms of a musical, adapt a show that he didn't think was so good, um, and then write an original. I can't remember the fourth one was. So, but so he wrote these shows and in writing the shows, uh he became himself. He uh, he, he was uh, Sondheim was on the Colbert show recently and he told this anecdote and Oscar said, you know, you're a really talented songwriter, but you know, you're writing like me instead of you. Yeah? You know? Yeah. And Sondheim spent the next when he was working on the show uh basically becoming himself in terms of, you know, the the music and the lyrics lyrics and the
0: and the sensibility. And, and he was again. He was a teenager when this was happening.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, he, and then he went to uh, Williams College in Williamstown, my uh,
0: <laughs> my
5: summer stopping
0: crowds. That's renowned uh, for, for its theater, summer theater.
5: Uh, well, at the time it was before they started the theater,
0: but it was a it, it was a really good.
5: Uh, it still is, you know, a really good small liberal arts school with a great music program, and they had a theater program. So he wrote shows for uh, uh, at Williams, at Williams, <clears throat> and then by 25, he he wrote a show that didn't uh, go anywhere. The producer died, but then at 25, he wrote West Side Story wow. with Leonard Bernstein and Arthur Barnes, and then he wrote Gypsy, uh, and then he began writing his own uh, his own shows. With, you know, writing the music and lyrics. He started off as a lyricist. Or West Side Story, which, by the way, the movie of the new version by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner it opens today. Oh, no, it opens tomorrow. It opens tomorrow.
0: From the day we're talking, we're talking on from day, uh, oh, December 9th. Right, yeah. we're, we're talking December 9th, so you're saying it opens up December 10th?
5: Yeah. Just a- by the time it airs.
0: Uh, It'll be in theaters. It'll be in theaters, right? Are you you getting Are you getting like residuals by by mentioning it?
5: (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish. It's a great story about uh, uh, Leonard Bernstein started started writing the lyrics to West Side Story, and uh, and uh, but but and then they hired Sondheim, and then eventually uh, Sondheim really wrote all all the lyrics. So for a while they were getting both getting credit for the lyrics, you know. Uh, and Bernstein said before the opens, you know, you should really get solo credit, you know. And I'll and I'll give you the royalties, you know, the the half of the royalties that I would get. And Sondheim said, no, 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 the credit is enough. <laughs> and he said he wished someone had like stuffed his mouth at that moment, <laughs> you know, because that would be, you know, from you know, it was a huge hit in the soundtrack was big you know that would be i don't know i guess millions of dollars
0: right right and and yeah. i mean he was well off uh anyhow but still yeah oh yeah 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 but,
5: and, uh, yeah but it was, it's a great story he was a, he was an amazing storyteller
0: you know and he just being right. and he just passed you know uh recently within the last few weeks and and he was uh in his 90s still still yeah, he, working he,
5: He's still working. He he was still active, and his and his he was he's become so much of a uh, recently part of the culture. I mean, he's sh- he's showing up in different TV shows and movies, uh, like his music is, and his and two of his shows are being revived. He was ninety one, and he died. Uh, the, I think the day after Thanksgiving, right. and he was active up until then. He had gone to uh the opening of assassins at, at classic stage company and he was at the preview first preview of company which opens uh fairly soon maybe this week or next week
0: and these are his shows too and these are his shows these are yeah
5: these are revivals of his shows uh company he wrote in 1970 and that's a groundbreaking musical and assassins i think it's from 19 uh 1991 1990 uh do you, but he was at he was at the the preview of company so and he was working on a new musical.
0: That's amazing. Do you, yeah,
5: active right up until he died. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's a that's a great way to be. Um, and you know, people that hear Sondheim, obviously he's a he's a well known uh, name. Um, even even though people might not know exactly what he's all about. Uh, people that he, hear it, I mean, why? Why is he so significant? You know, I mean, yeah, he's some guy that wrote words <laughs> for for shows, uh, you know, or came up with his own shows. Why are his shows so great? Why is uh, his work so important? Why is he, uh, you know, a goat? The goat. Yeah. <laughs> a goat.
6: Uh,
5: yeah, that's a good way to put it. They might know his. They might know his name vaguely you know if they're not into if they're not in the theater you know uh but they won't know they won't know uh him uh but you know i well uh do you mind if i give you like a short history of the american musical theater
0: <laughs> no uh, go ahead i'd <laughs> love it okay yeah
5: well and again this is
0: you know in my circles we all know this right <laughs> right but uh but your your circles are small <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's right, yeah, they just fit around me that's that's my circle
0: yeah <laughs> a circumference of about two feet <laughs> yeah yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, well so uh back in the twenty uh, the twenties and thirties the beginning the beginnings of American musical theater uh you know there were there wasn't necessarily a connection between the, uh, the songs and the book the book is the story and the libretto so the the, the musicals were were kind of mostly kind of light and they're comedies and they'd have a flimsy plot or they'd they have a star and they would have a bunch of songs that may or may not have anything to do with the with the story you know and that would be like Cole Porter musicals and George Gershwin and Irving Berlin and then with Hammerstein uh at first with Showboat, and then definitely later on with uh, with Richard Rodgers. After Rodgers wrote these kind of musicals, these early musicals with, with Lorenz Hart, you know, my funny Valentine and my romance. Uh, and after Hart died, he teamed up with Hammerstein, and Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of created a new musical. Oklahoma is a groundbreaking musical, and then the the book is integrated with the music and the, the lyrics and songs. So the songs move the story along. Uh, And, and so they had enormous influence on musicals from the forties up until the sixties. And then Sondheim, who's kind of the heir to Hammerstein uh, brings it a step further in terms of integrating the, the, the subject matter you cover and integrating the, the music and the book and the, and the lyrics and also adding this kind of uh, kind of a maturity or a sophistication uh, uh, and a depth a psychological depth to the characters. And what he learned, one of the things he learned from Oscar is to write every song is like a one act play. And in, in a, in a show tune, what you're doing is you're, you're revealing the character you mo- and you're moving the story along, you know, in addition to having a great song, you know, having a ballad or, or a funny song. Uh, so, uh, Soundhead did great work with Leonard Bernstein, with West side story with Jules Stein with gypsy. Uh, and then when he broke out on his own, he did a musical called anyone can whistle with Arthur Lawrence, who is a, wrote the book, for Gypsy and West Side Story, uh, and that was a big flop. It lasted like ten or sixteen performances, or six or something, you know. Uh, and then he did the funny thing Happened on the way the Forum, which is probably one of his most popular shows. It has comedy tonight, and everybody ought to have him, everybody ought to have a maid, and a song called "Calm," which is terrific. I should have put "Calm" on the list, <laughs> uh, which I and I, I play for my middle school students and they, they love it. Uh, uh, but then, uh, and then he wrote a, play, a musical called company in, in 1970, which is, uh, which is groundbreaking in its own way. And if, and if you compare, if you can compare like popular music to Sondheim, Sondheim was like the Beatles in terms of, you know, you know, there's the Beatles, there's what came before the Beatles and what came after the Beatles. Right. Know? In a way, and that's sort of the way Sondheim was, Uh, because his his shows were so uh, so new, and they weren't critically accepted for a while. Uh, He's much more revered now than he was when he was when he started. So that's uh, so in terms of musical theater, and then from you know, uh, there's him. There's before Sondheim and after Sondheim in a way. Yeah, there are other, you know, the, there are other strains. You know, it's not like a monolith, um, right? But so, so he was a great innovator, and he was also, he's also uh, unique. You know,
0: how so? You can be like you
5: can, there you can be like Sondheim, but Sondheim kind of stands out on his own for 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 his shows. And I would say the quality of shows, the range, you know, like funny half of the way Forum was a farce based on Roman, ancient Roman farces. Company was a very, uh, very hip and cutting edge story at the time about a 35 year old bachelor who couldn't commit and about marriage. And, and if you, if you listen to the show, if you see the show, it's this, complex, ambiguous statement about marriage uh, uh, that just kind of reveals more and more depth as you go along, and it's such a range. So he goes from Company, uh, and then he does a musical called Follies, which is about basically part of the history of musical theater in a story. Uh, And then there's A Little Night Music, and then there's Sweeney
0: Todd, which is about a murderous barber, yeah. So he's but all over the moment. he's all over the place. He could do Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's and it's because it's because he was so such a great collaborator and was, had such a curious mind that he could take on all these different subjects with all the diff, all different book writers. His book writers were terrific. Yeah. You know? And the, the book writer he's also called the librettist, he he writes the story and the dialogue and creates the structure and you know and, and and more and then he works closely with the composer in creating the work so uh, well, one of the one of the reasons that he had such a range is that he he worked with different people at different times for different reasons
0: so he he's open and he he to working with other people and he likes to go to uncharted places and uh uncharted places w- w- with other people, maybe even on occasion taking the lead uh to a certain extent more so than you would think uh, other big time established artists might well i
5: don't know if, if it's uh more than the others but yeah um yeah what you what you just said about unchar- you know the, uh that was a great question you know yeah. <laughs>
6: uh
5: yeah what you said is very true he 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 sought out uh interesting collaborators and a wide range of subjects he had just a natural curiosity and he loved being a collaborator he was an only child and he ah. wasn't necessarily lonely because he likes being on a, on his own but he was like you know uh, any uh well you know any kind of a collaboration, like a theater, it's like a, te- like a family, like a temporary family. Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, so yeah, so he, he loved collaborating. And so he had like Arthur Lawrence would be older than him, kind of, a, you know, and then you had, uh, Larry, uh, Larry Gilbert and Bert Shetlove, who Larry Gilbert was the, you of the tv show mash wonderful comedy writer
0: ah yeah then you
5: had john whiteman who wrote assassins and pacific overtures pacific overtures
0: about the opening of japan
5: in the 19th century you know your typical musical comedy uh subject
0: well let me uh, let me ask you this though I'm, I'm wondering i mean these these are all this is great information and uh mm-hmm. Uh, man, I got to take one of your classes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be intriguing. But um. I, I'm wondering, you know, do you notice common human uh, themes that he falls into, or that he's trying, he's wrestling with from one show to oh. the next? Even though there's so many different milieus that he he, he he's willing to to delve into. is it? Are there common human themes? Uh
5: Yeah. 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 And they're, and they're, and they're basic themes too, uh, in a way, uh, people are trying to figure themselves out, you know, and they're, and, and they're dealing, you know, uh, we take a show like company. It's about sort of someone who won't commit. So it's about the joys of, uh, commitment and relationships, but also, the drawbacks and the pain of relationships and, uh, and intimacy, you know? And so I think that's a, that's a constant that everybody can, uh, can see in their own lives. Right. Uh, So he's very much interested in people wanting to get together and (laughs) wanting, wanting not to be together together. There's a, he has a great song called marry me a little. Yeah. And, and it's in company and it was cut and it was added back and and uh, uh there's a song called uh, there there's a lyric called keep a tender uh, keep a tender distance so we'll both be free that's
0: mm-hmm. the way it ought to be which yeah. which tune when is that in...
5: wasn't, that was in Marry me a little
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh, and uh i think we're going to hear that one aren't we <laughs> yeah yeah
5: yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a great song and it's and uh, he's also interested in people how are, how they're dealing with the past and their personal past. There's a song called the road uh, the road uh, the road you didn't take, which is you know the Robert Frost poem mm-hmm. uh, about two word two woods diverging on a yellow wood, and this middle-aged man is looking back on his life and he's looking back on the choices that he didn't make, and he has a line the Ben I'll never be. Who will remember him, uh, and and uh, so it's he's regretting the life that he, in a way, he's regretting the life that he didn't lead. In one sense, but he realizes kind of the inevitability of what of what happened. You know, who's, who's going to know who I who I might have been? Do Do you, you
0: think? Oh well, yeah, I mean, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Do Do you think? Um, most people are going there and getting all of this when they see a show of Sondheim's, or are they just that's a great tune. I love the melody.
5: Uh, I don't know. You, know. you know, people get what they want from it and what they can. You know, I uh, the, in, uh, the Chaser Festival did Into the Woods, which is another one that I see. There's so many I forgot I forgot to mention. That he wrote with James Lepine, another great book writer who also wrote Sunday in the Park with George with him. So, Into the Woods is about, uh, is uh, kind of what uh, the kids would call a mashup. You know, he takes, it's about fairy tale stories that are all combined and intertwined. And when I, I saw it at the uh, wonderful production at the Shakespeare Festival, with a terrific cast, the baker's wife was excellent, they all were. Uh, but people who didn't see the show, they thought it was over at the first act, you know because what happens in the first act, everybody gets their wishes. And in the second act, you know, they, it's the results of what gets their wishes. And it's not really, you know, (laughs) not always too happy. Uh, So they, you had loads of people who had never seen it before because it was a free show. And uh, I think they'll get the tunes. They'll get the laughter. And, you know, and eventually if they go back to us or if they think about us, they'll, they'll get, they'll get the depth, you know, so there's from his lyrics, I think,
0: and that's one of the key uh, aspects of Sondheim that makes him, again, uh, one of the best, if not the best, at least iconic, and as you said, a, re- a reference point in uh, American theater. Uh, his depth and his and his, uh, I guess, dy- dynamism, being able to go all, yeah, uh,
5: yeah. yeah, and his range, and uh, you know, and his insights. In, into human, into human nature, into the way, in the way people are, and not, you know, uh, not kind of preachy about it. Although he thought that kind of art was was teaching not too, not too preachy, but in a, a real kind of a great sympathy for how messed up we
0: are. <laughs> 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 yeah, like
5: everybody, like, like Chekhov, you know,
0: or, the, or Tennessee Williams. Right, exactly. Now, we only have a few moments left, (laughs) Dr. Michael Pavise, our associate producer here for Troubadours and Rock On Tours, I'm proud to say, S.A.S. playwright, professor, middle school teacher, among other things. Um, How do you want to wrap up this discussion about the great Stephen Sondheim? Uh, Well,
5: you know, you mentioned uh, uh, being open to, Collaboration and change, and he was open to changes um, right up until his death. And and he would be people people would write him and ask him to do and ask about working on a show and revising. He'd be revising right up to the end. You know, uh, but there was an article in the New York Times over oh, on Sunday, and it reproduced a lot of letters that he wrote because he was very. Uh, he was very generous with his time and his insights He c- encouraged so many young theater people. And, but anybody who wrote him would get a response, wow. either a lengthy response or, and in fact, I have a, I have a letter from him. I wrote him uh, during, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And he, he answered everybody in this kind of, uh, signature style, uh, uh and if he saw a play, he was a huge playgoer, and and if he saw a play uh, or a performance or a musical that he liked, he would write to the uh, to the writer and just say, "I loved your work." And it was just such a huge boost, as you can imagine, from getting from getting uh, a note like that from this master. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of this article, which was written by uh, Laura Collins Hughes. It's entitled, Cherished Words from the Encourager-in-Chief. And at the end, she has this great quote. Uh, no single theater artist right now is as revered as he was. No one else can yet step into those shoes. We nonetheless could, artists and audience members alike, seek to borrow from his example by being adventurous, by being generous, by showing up. That will be one way to honor the giant and I thought that was such a great quote and such a great idea showing up <laughs> showing up I love that's
0: it for I love it <laughs> Doctor Mike. What he did for us he, he showed up he, and well
5: you know he lifted us up and he still does
0: thank you so much doctor uh, we have to do this again I, I think this was a, a great uh, discussion, and there's so much more we can talk about. Dr. Michael Pavis on Stephen Sondheim, and all the songs you hear in today's uh, episode are ones that he has chosen. Uh, we'll we'll uh, be hanging out together soon during the holidays, uh, I'm sure. So until then, take care.
5: Well, thanks a lot, Larry. This is this was great. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, sir. Good, good talking. Same here. Bye. Uh,
4: Mademoiselles You and me, pal Second bottle Ah, she looks for me Bonnet flapping Yapping Woof! Chicken Pastry Yes, she looks for me Good Let her look for me To tell me why she left me As I always knew she would I had thought she understood They have never understood And no reason that they should see
1: Epilogue to Look I Made a Hat, the second volume of his collected lyrics, Stephen Sondheim writes, Finally, I have a gift to offer every hat-maker who has waded through these books. Read Phyllis McGinley's poem, Love Note to a Playwright. Not only is it a technical marvel, it's as important a piece of advice as you'll ever get. And if I listened to it the way I think every artist should, I wouldn't have written these books. I'd have written a couple of musicals instead. And here's the poem. It's about Richard Brinsley Sheridan, who was an 18th century Irish satirist, politician, playwright, and poet. Love Letter to a Playwright by Phyllis McGinley. Perhaps the literary man I most admire among my betters is Richard Brinsley Sheridan, who, viewing life as more than letters, persisted, like a stubborn gale, in not acknowledging his mail. They say he hardly ever penned a proper yours received and noted, but spent what time he had to spend shaping the law that England voted, or calling, on his comic flute, the tune for Captain Absolute. Though chief of the prodigious wits that Georgian taverns set to bubbling, he did not answer pleaser-mits or scoldings from his aunts in Dublin or birthday messages or half the notes that begged an autograph. I hear it sent his household wild, became a sort of parlour fable, the way that correspondence piled, mountainous, on his writing table, while he ignored the double ring and wouldn't answer anything. Not scrawls from friends, or screeds from foes, or scribble from the quibble lover, or chits beginning I enclose manuscript under separate cover, or cards from people off on journeys, or formal statements from attorneys. The post came in, he let it lie. All this, biographers agree on. Especially he did not reply to things that had RSVP on. Sometimes for months he dropped no lines to dear ones or sent valentines. But, polishing a second act or coaxing kings to license freedom, let his epistles wait. In fact, they say he didn't even read them. The which, some mornings, seems to me a glorious blow for liberty. Brave Celt, although one must deplore his manners, and with reason ample how bright from duty's other shore this moment seems his bold example. And would I owned an equal balance, his courage, and, of course, his talents, who, using up his mail to start an autumn fire or chink a crevice, cried, Letters longer are than art, but Vita is extremely brevis. Then, choosing what was worth the candle, sat down and wrote The School for Scandal. Thank you for the hats, Mr. Sondheim. Goodbye for now.
2: Goodbye for now, how long, a year, a day.
0: The Lute. Can you hear it? The glory in the coming of our horde, Bored, where maximized potential has become untoward, It is better to stream through the stratosphere, In tantalized fear of being seen, not enough, To have the choice to rebuff and reboot.
6: Best enough Cry but not too often Play but not too rough Keep a tender distance So we'll both be free That's the way it ought to be Marry me a little Do it with a will Make a few demands I'm able to fulfill me first and foremost, not exclusively, that's the way it ought to be, I'm ready now, you can be my best friend. It can be your right arm. We'll go through a fight or two. No harm, no harm. We'll dig not too deep and we'll go not too far. We won't have to give up a thing. We'll stay who Distance, so we'll both be free That's the way it ought to be Marry me a little Body, heart and soul Passion is hell but Always in control Love me more than others Keep me company That's the way it ought to be I'm ready now, I'm ready now Oh how careful we'll be Oh how gently we'll tread All the stings and lovely things we'll keep
0: have it. Episode 450 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our associate producer and guest today, I'm happy to say, Dr. Michael Pavise. We'd like to thank Stephen Sondheim, and writer Phyllis McKinley, as well as these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, Jason Robert Brown, Stephen Sondheim, Katrina Lenk, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Colin Donnell, and Lynn manuel Miranda, Raul Esparza, Melissa Arrico, Harry Nielsen, as well as Terrence Blanchard and Branford Marsalis, too. And, of course, I'd like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.